How does it feel to be an NHL prospect? We have Chase Coward, goaltender for the Red Deer Rebels with us today. He's going to talk about his career, the upcoming NHL draft, and his thoughts on Ilya Sorokin. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, Thursday edition. Gil Martin, glad to be with you, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show, but first... If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And uh, we'll keep you up to date throughout the offseason, free agency, the draft, trade rumors, everything that happens between now and the start of training camp in September. So without further ado, we are going to have our interview with goaltending prospect Chase Coward. And right now, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show goaltending prospect Chase Coward. Chase is uh, eligible for the NHL draft this year. And Chase, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me tonight. How are you feeling right now? Uh, in about a month, your life is going to change. Uh, how, how is this, all the work you've put in to get to this point, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, it's going to be a big weekend in two weeks, I think it is. But I'm just kind of right now, I'm just trying to stick to my training and uh, I work a bit to just try and keep my mind off of it and not let it affect me too much. When did you actually start playing hockey? Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Kimbits down there, like initiation. Okay. So lowest level of hockey. And I think I started when I was like, I think four, mm -hmm. maybe skating when I was three. And what made you decide that goaltending was the thing for you? <sighs> well, I get this asked all the time, and my truthful answer is I don't know. I was always, I just always kind of levitate, levitated towards the net, and then they kind of like got to the age where it's like they'd be picking people, and I put my hand up, and then I kind of got good at it, and I'm like, okay, like maybe I should become a goalie, and then I just became a goalie. Is there a particular goalie you grew up watching or 
patterning your play after? Yeah, I had a big mentor when I was what was that? I maybe twelve to fourteen ish, kind of like we used to billet WHL players. So Landon Bowl, when he came through the Swift Current Broncos, he was a really big mentor for me and kind of showed me the life of a WHL player essentially and ended up playing some pro too. What was the biggest thing you learned from him? Uh, I think it's a mixture of just kind of what it takes to win at this level and move on to the next level. Like he was a guy that didn't get drafted or anything and kind of went under the radar, but he still ended up in getting a pro contract and succeeding there. So it's just kind of the resiliency of not giving up. And as far as the NHL is concerned, was there an NHL goalie that that you followed particularly closely, or who you, maybe who you think your style resembles a little bit? Uh, when I was younger, I follow uh, Flurry. I was a big Flurry fan, but I uh, I don't feel like my game really. I don't. Know, it's a mixture of his, but I don't feel like I'm throwing around too many two pad stacks and flying over the net. I feel like I'm more of a kind of a Demko, just more calm collected and making the big saves when I have to. And, you know, what, what would you say is your strength as a goalie right now? Uh, my strength would probably be my skating ability and just my ability to hit my posts and come out of my posts. Like I'm a bigger guy. So I have that ability to like stretch across my posts and hit them pretty easily. So I feel like that's one of my strong points in my game. And what are you working on the most? Uh, I feel like puck handling can always improve. You can always get quicker. Tracking, you can always improve. It's just kind of um, mostly puck handling and tracking is the two main things that I've been working on lately this summer, trying to bring them up so I can be able to succeed at the next level. Now, you've been with the Red Deer Rebels for a few years now. What What would you say was the highlight of your time with the Rebels? Oh, the highlight of my time. Uh, I feel like it would have been, I got my first, like the bubble season uh, when we beat Edmonton that one day. I think it was a Saturday. And it was one of our last games of the season. That was definitely a highlight for me. What, um, what, what made it a highlight? Uh, well, that was my first win. So that was a big one, and we were – I think that was our second win of the year that year, and it was against Edmonton, which were a really good team that year, and just to knock them off for a game, it was a real good feeling. I bet. I bet. How do you think the pandemic affected your development and the development of all the players in this draft? Yeah, I feel like for me personally, I kind of didn't know where I was going to be in the fall – because we didn't know like if I was going to go to Red Deer, if I was going to stay back and move shot AAA where I was like playing at the time, or if I was going to go play Junior A and Humble. But it ended up working out very well for me because if there wasn't that COVID season, I don't think I would have been brought in as a like the third string and been given that opportunity, that 90-day development or I think we were in there for. Like I feel like those 90 days in the bubble, even though I didn't play a lot, really helped me to bring me to the level I'm at right now. If 
Well, well let's, let's start with this. Where do you roughly expect to be drafted this year? Uh, I don't. I don't know yet. It's kind of one of those things where it's like I'll be happy to go anywhere, and then if I end up not going, then then it's just go back to the drag board and trying to trying to trying to get to some camps, and then turn some heads there, and hopefully end end up getting a contract in a few years. You uh, you had uh, a pretty good playoff run. There was a, a yeah. multiple overtime game as a goalie, like when the stakes are that high, when you're in an overtime game where one mistake, the game could be over, the season even could be over. How do you handle that kind of a situation? Uh, it was a lot of just trying to like not overthink anything and just kind of think, think of it as another game essentially. And just like try and keep as clear as mind as possible and not let the overtime get to you kind of when the game's on the line. It's like, if you mess up once it's over especially in a series clinching game. It's just kind of, kind of, I don't know, try and dumb things down. So to say, just do everything as simple as you can and don't overthink anything. When, when you're talking about a double overtime, triple overtime game, how mm. much does fatigue enter into it? Uh, it was, I was definitely feeling it. Like my legs were definitely feeling, starting to feel heavy and everything. But every time, uh, they came down on a rush or anything. I just kind of had to put that aside. and It took an extra bit of will to muster up the energy to play it as I would the first period. How important is the relationship between a goalie and his goalie coach? Uh, I think it's really important. Like I was super privileged to work with Ian Gordon this year as a goalie coach because, as I said, Lyman Bowl, he put me in touch with Ian Gordon when I was I, 14, like when I was really young. So I've been working with him for a lot of years and he's, he's seen me grow a lot. I kind of have that relationship with him. I feel like allowed me to have more su- success this year. Just being knowing him for that many years. And, and what do you think he helped you with the most? Uh, I think he helped me ever since I was 14. He just kind of mentored me and showed me kind of the, because he was with Seattle at the time, so it kind of, kind of pushed me to be one of those guys, be a WHO goalie from a young age, and he would break down lots of little things about my practice and games and stuff that I feel like I would take with me to the next practice or the next game that helped me improve. Where would you like to be five years from now? Uh, probably playing in the NHL, yeah. 100%. And... If you were to, uh, if you were to look back on your career so far, what would you say was the turning point? What, when did you first realize, hey, you know, I have a chance to to make it to, you know, the minors or to the NHL and and make this a pro career? Uh, like my first year bantam, I played house league and a like I got cut from our double A team, and then kind of the first year midget. I kind of like got some interest from some WHL teams and then I got listed by Red Deer. And then I kind of, kind of that moment was kind of starting there. And then end of the year, my major triple A year. So that would have been my 16 year old year. I got first team all-star in the Saskatchewan triple A major hockey league. And then 
I we led my team to two sweeps in the first and second round, and then COVID shut us down. But that's kind of when I realized I'm like, hey, like I could possibly go somewhere with this hockey thing. And then, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, uh, no worries. Okay. And then I uh, just kind of tug it off from there, and then slowly been moving up my ranks. I don't know how much time you know you're playing and, and traveling, but I, I don't know how much time you've had to watch the Islanders at all. But do you have any thoughts about Ilya Sorokin, their young goaltender, and and the style that he plays and and sort of you know his game? Yeah, I really like him the way he plays. I feel like he's going to turn out to be one of those solid goalies in a few years and be a guy that the Islanders can lean on. And if I do end up being with the Islanders, then one of those guys that could mentor me a bit and kind of show me the ropes of how the Islanders play and how he supports them. So one day maybe he can pass the torch down to me. All right, Chase, thank you so much for joining us today and best of luck next month. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take care. Yeah, you too. And we want to thank Chase for uh, joining us on today's show and wish him all the best in the upcoming NHL draft and with his future. We've got a lot more to discuss on today's show, including a look at Jakob Skarek, the Islanders' uh, goaltender in Bridgeport, his future with the team as we continue our look at prospects. And we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. These are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are here for only a limited time. So go to Built.com now and make sure you don't miss out. These are going fast because they taste amazing. And all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more effectively and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And the best part about Built Puffs is, of course... They taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you just need a quick, healthy snack, and they're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So now we're going to take a look at Jakob Skarek, the Islanders' goaltender at Bridgeport. And Skarek, you know, he is considered the next man up in the Islanders' organization. Yeah, Corey Schneider ended up playing most of the playoff games, but... Look, Schneider is right now nothing more than an insurance policy. He played one game for the Islanders, but in the future, the Islanders do not want Corey Schneider, if they could help it, to be their number one backup for any length of time. If Simeon Varlamov is traded this offseason, and we've talked about that on the show several times, uh, 
no doubt in my mind that Skarek will get a chance to come in and at least compete for the backup goaltending job. And that, if he could do it, and he proves that he's ready, he would, you know, save the Islanders three, four million dollars in cap space and probably give them 20, 25 games, maybe 30 over the course of the season, depending on how well he plays. Now, look, Skarik, a native of the Czech Republic, played 37 games for Bridgeport, <coughs> excuse me, last season, was the goalie of the month of January in the AHL. And then, after a pretty darn good start to the season, sort of cooled off toward the end, and that's when Corey Schneider stepped up and really uh, took over as the starting goalie in the second half of the season for Bridgeport. Overall, for Jakob Skarik, 37 games this year, a 3.30 goals against average and an 896 save percentage. He won 16 games, lost 15, and tied four. He's a big goalie, six foot four, 205 pounds, and he has yet to play in the NHL. Uh, although he did spend some time during the uh, during the previous season on the taxi squad when the Islanders needed uh, goaltending depth. Realistically, the one thing you got to love about Jakob Skarek is his demeanor. He is, uh, you know, some goalies are very emotional and some goalies are more even-keeled emotionally. Skarek is more of the latter. He is keeping his cool, kind of keeping his emotions in check, and just being consistent throughout the course of a game, whether he's, you know, making unbelievable saves or whether he's struggling at times. So, realistically, I, I you know, Skarek was drafted in the third round back in 2018. That was Lou Lamorello's first draft with the Islanders. You like his size. You like the way he plays the angles. And... You just like the way he keeps his cool under pressure. Hopefully, uh, he is ready to take that next step forward. My inclination is that Skarik will be NHL ready in 2023-24. One more year in the AHL, ideally, where he can establish himself as the number one goaltender and then be ready to move on from there. But if not... Uh, little doubt that, uh, you know, if he has a really good training camp and the Islanders trade away Varley and don't bring in another goalie as part of that deal, uh, Skarik does have a chance to compete for the backup goaltending spot in training camp this year. And I think I'll take it a step further. If Skarik takes that leap forward and has a very strong training camp, that may open up things for the Islanders to possibly trade Varlamov. We'll keep an eye on this as we get closer to training camp. What happens? Maybe there's a trade at the draft, but Jakob Skarik, even though he tailed off at the end of the regular season, uh, you know, he is the top goaltending prospect right now in the Islanders organization. And one other reason I'll, I'll just throw this in. 
you know, the 37 games he played last year were the most games he's played in a season as a professional, and that includes his time uh, in Europe and in the East Coast League. Uh, so maybe the workload sort of, sort of caught up to him a little bit before the season was over. Now, he only appeared in one playoff game with Bridgeport this year, a 2-5, four goals against average. He took the loss, but made 31 saves and had a 9-12 save percentage in that game. So something to keep an eye on, no question about that. When we come back, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it's a towering defenseman who played for the Islanders in the early to mid-90s. Let's see if you can guess who that is, all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. Again, we are one day early, but Friday will be the 57th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Uwe Krupp, the native of Cologne, Germany, originally drafted by Buffalo in the 11th round back in 1983, came over to North America in 86 and made his debut with the Sabres that year, splitting time between the Rochester Americans and the Sabres, came to the Islanders early in the 91-92 season in the Pat LaFontaine trade and stayed with the team through the end of the 93-94 season. That was three seasons with the Isles, uh, and he was a big part of the Islanders' Stanley Cup uh, conference final run in 1993. He played in 18 playoff games, had a goal and six points in that playoff year. And look, here's a guy who's 6'6", 235. That's big now for a hockey player. In the 90s, that was even bigger. And Krupp was a physical guy, no doubt about it. After leaving the Islanders... After the three seasons uh, that he played there, he uh, played for the Quebec Nordique. They became the Colorado Avalanche, and he won a Stanley Cup with the Avs uh, in 1996, playing in 22 playoff games and scoring four goals and 16 points. Later played for the Red Wings and briefly for the Atlanta Thrashers as he closed out his NHL career after the 2002-2003 season. Played in 729 NHL games in his career, 69 goals, 281 points, 660 penalty minutes. Mostly a clean player, only one season with more than 100 penalty minutes, and that was his first full season in the league with Buffalo. 81 playoff games, went on, played for some teams that went on some long runs, 6 goals, 29 points in those. We're going to look back at one of his better games with the Isles. We take you to March 20th, 1993, the old Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, Islanders and Canucks. Mark Fitzpatrick, the goalie for the Islanders. Kay Whitmore was the goalie for Vancouver, and the Islanders got on the board first. Tom Fitzgerald scoring his eighth just four minutes and 23 seconds into the game. Assists to Uwe Krupp, our Islanders' birthday of the day and Brian Mullen, 1-0 Islanders. The power play gets going for the Isles next. Peter Nedved of Vancouver off for hooking. Steve Thomas is 29th from Uwe Krupp, and Jeff Norton at 8:41. Isles up 2-0. Then with Tim Hunter of Vancouver off for slashing, Krupp scores on the power play, his eighth, from Jeff Norton and Derek King at 12:56. That made it 3-0 Islanders, 
but Vancouver's power play gets going. Norton of the Islanders off for holding. Tom Fergus is fifth from Yerke Lume and Trevor Linden, a future Islander, uh, at 16:31. Isles up 3-1 after one. In the second period, two goals by Steve Thomas. Uh, well, one by Steve Thomas, excuse me, his second of the game. 30th of the year, assist to Uwe Krupp, our Islanders' birthday of the day. Then, with Gino Ojik, another future Islander in the box for roughing, Pierre Turgeon scores on the power play, his 46th. Another assist, the fourth of the game for Uwe Krupp, our Islanders' birthday of the day. That made the score 5-1 to one Islanders. Peter Nedved scored a shorthanded goal for Vancouver to pull his team Back to within three, his 36 from Jim Sandlap and Adrian Plavsic. Then in the third, the Islanders get goals from Ray Ferraro, from Pat Flatley and David Volick, and Brian Mullen from Scott Lachance. The Islanders skate away with a commanding 7-2 win, but for Uwe Krupp, our Islanders' birthday of the day, one goal, four assists, it's a five-point night, he was a plus two, had the game winner, and three shots on goal. So a big physical defenseman who could really hit and strike fear into the hearts of opposing players. Uwe Krupp is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Tomorrow, we uh, have a, a nice special feature for you. And uh, this one is, this will be fun. Uh we have talked a lot about Kevin Fiala of the Minnesota Wild. We know he's available. We're going to have a special crossover episode with Locked On Wild Seth Tuple. He's going to talk about Fiala. We're going to discuss uh, his game and how he could fit in with the New York Islanders. So please make sure you join us for that. It should be uh, a very, very entertaining and insightful show. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.